This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. Coming up on today's show, the Rugby World Cup is smashing the group stages away. We approach the quarterfinal stage with the usual suspects leaving their mark in Japan. We take a look at the story so far and what's happening on the big stage. We also cross our paths with the UFC 243 just happening. All this and more on Pulse95. I've got to give a quick shout out to Miffy, Ruby, Danielle, Charlie Brown, Christine, all tuning in onto the, onto the halftime show now. They are part of the halftimers officially. All this and more coming up on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Oh, he loves to fire that fucking This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, rugby fans, what have you made of the World Cup so far? What's, who's been your standout team? Now, let's take a quick roundup of what's happening in the latest action in Japan. Now, Pool A, also known as the Pool of Death. When I spoke to Grant Goes coming up to the World Cup a month ago, I was super excited to see what Japan would be like as hosts, never mind competitors. Now... If a pool can be known by its strength, this was definitely one that took us by surprise. Still, beating one of the top teams in the world was not supposed to happen. And Japan beating Ireland 19-12 goes up there with the result against South Africa in 2015. So where does this leave them? If they beat the number 9 team in the world in Scotland on Sunday, that sets them up for the mouth-watering prospect of meeting South Africa if other scores go to plan. Now, meanwhile, Ireland need to beat Samoa, the equally juicy prospect of all the, of the All Blacks, with the weight if they qualify behind Japan, which would require Scotland to beat Japan. Now, basically, it's super tight at the top, and all three teams could be leveled on 15 points, in which point point difference would decide top spot, and head-to-head will decide second and third. So plenty happening over there, and I've quite frankly loved seeing Japan as the host. But Pool B, if you told anyone before the tournament that the two monsters would be matched up in the same group, it would be too much of a storyline. New Zealand and South Africa had everyone glued to on match day one to give us a clue on who would be top of this group, with New Zealand edging it 23-13. Will the rest, of, will the rest be formalities as South Africa overpower Canada and New Zealand likewise against Italy on Saturday? For fans around the world, there's something different about the All Blacks when they enter a tournament. All eyes are glued from the hacker to when they step onto the field, and this tournament seems no different. And for me personally, I growing up and watching them every single time they stepped on the field and the hacker was on, it gave me goosebumps. So I can't wait to see what's coming up next in the quarterfinal stage. Meanwhile, in Pool C, what may have appeared like the toughest pool was actually appeared like mm, has a bit of a banana skin around each corner. It's still early to believe England can drive on despite results going their way so far in the group. France and Argentina have equally done their job against the likes of Tongo and USA. But with England and France both leading the group on three out of three wins, England shaded on points, 15 to France's 13, bringing our attention to Saturday when they meet. Yes, England versus France. And for all those that know about the rivalry, this is more than just a game for them. So this is going to be interesting. The question for both England and France fans, how far can you go in the tournament? 
England, do you think you can win the tournament? France, do you think you can win the tournament? Text us on 4215 and let us know what you think. Who's going to win the World Cup this year, 2019 in rugby? Now, sometimes we look at the pathway to the final and coaches and managers always give the line, we will take one step at a time, but really, we don't. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. We don't take one step at a time. We map everything out in advance. And actually, from day one, we kind of know who we might play if we finish first, we might play if we finish second. And that's exactly what we're looking at. Now, how to avoid the All Blacks if you're one of those teams. The winner between France and England will probably play Australia and the runners-up will play Wales. Now, if successful pool winners are likely to face the All Blacks with the runners-up facing South Africa, if you want to win the World Cup, you've got to beat the best, right? Mm, no, not really. Usually, you try and get to the final by any means necessary. So that's exactly what really does happen, but we're not supposed to say that as coaches. You see, being motivated for a giant is far easier than someone you're expected to beat, right? And how many upsets have we seen in major tournaments when we say, hold on, that wasn't supposed to happen? I guess we will have to tune in to find out more when it comes to Pool C. Now, Pool D. Now, talking of upsets, Uruguay were not expected to upset Fiji in a tightly contested game. The two met on the 25th of September, which say Uruguay exit 30 to 27. You see, at the group stages, I like an upset. And when an underdog shakes up the tournament and surprises us, it's kind of good, right, for the neutral? And that's exactly how we feel. However, probably not an upset. The neutral would be as keen on, but still good for the tournament and wake up to the others just in case the complacency creeps in. However, the key game in this pool was Wales-Australia, which saw the old-fashioned saying, roll your socks up and grind out the result shine in lights after this result. Wales beating Australia 29-2. Now, if Wales beat Fiji today, they will top the group with a win over Uruguay, which would pitch Australia into England and New Zealand's side of the draw. But see, never mind what I think. What do you guys think? Who's going to be topping up the World Cup 2019 in Japan? Which team are your favourites and who might be the underdog and surprise us? Coming up next, we talk UFC 243 as Israel Adesanya steals the show in Melbourne at the Marvel Stadium following his incredible display against Robert Whittaker. On the only place to be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse 95. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar al on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, indeed, nice strike, indeed. And what a track by uh, Blessings Angel. I love that track. Shout out to Sam and everyone in the back here for uh, playing that track for me. And welcome back to the Halftime Show. And on the menu today, we started up with some Rugby World Cup for the rugby fans. And it's time now to turn our attention to the UFC 243. Mixed martial arts is happening and it happened in Melbourne. And there was a lot of hype coming into the event. Now, from the topics that we do see, um, Israel Adesanya takes the headlines for his entrance, for his performance, for beating someone undefeated. And Adesanya becomes the undisputed middleweight king in Melbourne after dethroning Robert Whittaker, who was 25-0. Now, the impressive display, not just in his confidence, but also backing up the talk. The talk was about his entrance, which he actually tried to do in his previous fights, but was refused by the UFC. And the question is on everyone's lips in the UFC, what next? for Adesanya. He appeared on Ariel Hawani, revealing his plans to defend his title with the monsters, uh, monsters lurking around the top five. 
And if we look at the top five, Paolo Costa was in the crowd. Yoel Romero was there. He's obviously got the best on Kevin Gastelum as well. And what next for the big man? John Jones responding to him on social media. That's another one who we're all looking to see. But it was very clear when he spoke to Ariel Hawani that he wants to have three more fights before facing John Jones and moving up a weight division. And Dustin Poirier as well was also on Twitter uh, talking about his ideas. But for now, that wasn't the case. For now, we were kind of focused on Israel and what he's going to do, um, especially with his remarkable display in, let's say, the short time he's been in the UFC. He's been in the game for a long time. And the confident, uh, the confident fighter is definitely stating his claim as one of the greatest at his weight. But what next for him? So we're looking at possibly a match with Paolo Costa. I know he wants to be active this year, but it might be too soon for him in December or maybe even January. And that's what his, his plans are. But everyone would love to see John Jones against Israel Adesanya. What a fight. You know, that John Jones, arguably the greatest of all time versus someone who might be trying to take that title from him. And Dustin Poirier challenges Dan Hooker, who was also victorious in UFC 243, but we got it revealed. Now, I'm not sure if this was supposed to happen, but we got it revealed in his tweet when he said, Conor McGregor is going to be his next opponent. Now, I'm not sure if that was supposed to happen. But I think the whole world knows now that Dustin Poirier might face Conor McGregor on his anticipated comeback after such a long time. So that's going to be coming up for, um, for Conor McGregor, who has been out since the Habib fight. Uh, a lot of controversy, incidents in, in Ireland, which put him in trouble. He had a lot of legal action against him. So it's time now to put all that aside and actually concentrate on the fighting. And let's face it, wherever he does go, he will draw a crowd. And that's going to be massive for the UFC, who have been diplomatic in their approach in who he fights. Because everyone's calling out Conor McGregor. But the ones who are going for the titles are definitely not giving him any attention. So a lot to come up uh, in, in that in that space. So keep out for that, especially the next two months. The UFC is going to be crazy. A lot of fights happening. A lot of good fights is going to be entering the scene. But coming up next, are we comfortable enough to openly discuss mental health? Or is it still something we have to tiptoe around in sport? Find out more after the break on the Halftime Show on Pulse95. Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time and it's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri and thank you very much for tuning in. I'm getting a couple of messages on the Instagram live at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio. And for those who are texting in, thank you so much. I'm going to give a special shout out to a few people just right now because not every day I get these people tuned in. And that shout out goes to Omnia, Hani, Mikey, Ray, Sama, all tuned in to the Halftime Show, my Pulse95 family. But also on Instagram live, I got... Miffy, Ruby, Danielle, Charlie Brown, Christine, and from the UK, I've got Dodi. From the UAE, I've got Amna and Safe and Huda. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate the fact you guys are in. And uh, and it's not every day I also get a chance to get a special guest. And I've got one of my people here from the Pulse95, Hani. Welcome to the show. It is an honor to be here, Omar, on the halftime show. It's one of my uh, many dreams that today I have accomplished. Really? Yes, indeed. So I heard you're talking about the Habib fight. I was talking about that. I was talking about that. I'm actually going to be talking about mental health right now. 
Um. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> so, so I kind of came at the wrong time talking about the Habib fight, you know, because Conor McGregor does mental warfare. Honey, <laughs> he does. He doesn't do mental warfare. Listen, because it's you, honey, I'll allow you to crash my show and say something like that. But. What we are going to be talking about today is mental health and whether it is something accepted in the region. Oh, oh, I got you on that one. Which is which is coming up on that. But actually, one of the things uh, on the mental health uh, factor now, it's actually being more recognized and it's being more openly... Uh, it, it's being more openly introduced into the region and something that also men are able to talk about a lot more. Now, the benefits of sport and physical activity in our mental health is endless and it improves your mood and so many different things. Like I'm being I'm being bombarded today with guests, which is great. I've got Omnia Sala here as well. So you guys can actually shed some uh, some light. Now, on a, on, a, on a serious note, though, with mental health, are we, do you guys think we're getting comfortable mm. in the region to discuss it from a male's perspective? What do you guys think? Uh, I think we should actually ask if we're getting comfortably comfortable to talk about it in the world in general. Okay, okay. So I still think that they still don't bat an eye. The majority of society still does not bat an eye when it comes to male mental health. Mm-hmm. As you'd always hear, Interjal, you're a man. Yeah. Suck it up, you're a man. Yeah. This is what a man has to do. Yeah. A man has to take one for the team. A man always has to uh, sacrifice, right? So... And I don't, I, I don't know the exact statistics mm-hmm. of the male suicide, of the suicide rates. Right. Right. But I believe the majority is male. Well, I mean, it's, I think it, in that sense, just to add on that, I think with with females, they're more in touch with their emotions, Omnia, Correct. Mm, like that's something that it's, it's quite open when we speak to people. But with mm. male, regardless of the region, it's Tends something to be, like, that now. Down upon. Yes, and it's also that that kind of approach of you know man up, as mm-hmm. as Hani mm-hmm. said, and also just you know suck it up, you'll be fine, everything's going to be good. But that's the thing that sometimes it's actually a strength to be able mm. to express yourself on mm. a level with people, and sports actually helps you do that. Mm. Now, whether you are an athlete or not, this is where I link the two life with sports is you seek validation to some extent mm-hmm. right and so from my perspective the things that i would normally say is if i broke it down let's say into a couple of things i'd say for one uh, value yourself because no one's going to do it for you so treat yourself with kindness and respect to avoid avoid like self-criticism for two take care of your body first before you start mm-hmm. looking upon anyone else but you see that's the thing i from what i've seen mm-hmm. honestly in a lot of sports specifically yeah. when my brother i mean joined football it's right. always been uh, you know you're going to have to suck it up for the team mm-hmm. as yes. Annie said or you know you can't you don't have time or space to sit yeah. down and you know think over your emotions or specifically when it comes to competitive sports i mean when you're talking about uh, different sports where what's first in yeah. priority is first time and two mm-hmm. winning you know what i mean yeah. so i feel like emotions have no place in there mm-hmm. but when it comes to other forms of sport where you know it's on your own time on your own terms then yeah i could see where people could prioritize their emotions uh, very good so, point so what i always say working out isn't only for your physical health but for your mental health as well correct and going back to the male uh, to, to how males don't express Omar. A lot of males have no one to talk to. Mm-hmm. You see, I don't care if it's your best friend. A, a male would feel not ashamed, but shy yeah. to go to his male best friend or a male friend in general mm-hmm. and say, hey, bro, I'm going through something right now. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? What are, what are you going through? Yeah. Like, they will belittle a person's problem. Absolutely. Right? And, and you know, as men, right, we do like to do the roast culture. We like to make fun of each other, mm-hmm. right? 
So you don't A person generally Does not want to open up To someone Especially if it's a friend A, a guy friend Because maybe later Right They can use it Against them In a playful way Ah oh, man This guy last time He was crying the whole day Yeah He was listening to some sad songs About something uh, of, of, of something he was sad about yeah. For example right? But, but see that's, that's what leads me on to my point Of surrounding yourself mm. with Not just good people But the right people mm. So people with strong family Or social connections Are generally, generally healthier Than those who lack a support network Now mm. make plans with supportive family members Try to do something Where you can contribute as a team And give yourself that time out And that mm. time out Meaning that you can either do that alone Or do that with someone else That shares the same values Sometimes Quiet, being quiet or being in a quiet space is actually quite therapeutic. People mm-hmm. fear that, mm. and in social groups and especially when it comes to mental health, if you're alone, oh my god, that's weird. Mm-mm. It doesn't mm. have to be weird. So that's that's one way where mindfulness, meditating, praying, relaxation is not something that is uh, frowned upon, and that's again tackling that idea of being alone or even like you said honey which was a good point people using things against you and you tend to to pick and choose who you share it with Mm. some people will listen some people will advise but some people might have also gone through something that will enable you to relate to them yeah and also another thing i feel as if men uh don't like to open up to their wives why because I'm the man of the house. She has to depend on me. How am I going to depend on the woman and tell her what I feel? She's not going to see me as manly anymore. She mm-hmm. won't act, feel that she can depend on me. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Yes. So it's very hard. So you can't open up to the, your guy friends, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want them to have this kind of point of view on you that you are sad or depressed. Right. And you don't want to open up to your wife because it's your wife and, and that you, you might feel inferior or you'll feel that uh, she won't look up to you or yes. she won't she won't uh, t- she won't feel like you can take care of her yeah. because you are taking care of her she's taking care of you now yes and I feel like it's very hard hard to open up for, especially for men because women women are very loving yes right this is in their nature women are very loving and they, they, they they're very caring and it's that's just the way w- women are women are a blessing right yes. That's the way just w- women are. So I feel with women, it's very easier to talk about each other's problems. Yeah. Right? So Because there's no shame in that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. And obviously, people like Omnia, who uh, are, are super women in our world, you know, not they don't come across every single day. So... When you do actually, um, when you do actually look at the, you know, the thing from a whole, I would say surrounding yourself with the right people, not mm. being, uh, not being scared to be alone, mm. uh, picking and choosing the right time mm. to be able to speak about it, and also the right place because there's a time and place for everything, and you know, especially when you see good people, mm. you can never tell what someone's been through mm. just by the way they look or by the way they carry themselves mm. because behind that could be a lot of things. And yesterday on Yellow Home, actually, I was talking to Anna Schofield about the Joker mm. and how it's it's been portrayed in many different mm. ways, you know. And that's something that, especially here, we we tend to uh, we tend to kind of ignore or turn a blind eye to. Mm. But that's a very interesting talk. And uh, listen, guys, coming up next, we talk about um, the competition that's coming up, what's coming up on the weekend, and also answering all your questions uh, on Pulse ninety five on the halftime show. Hani, thank you so much for thank jumping you for in. having me on the show. I kind of uh, took it for a different turn in the I beginning. Like it. I thought you guys were talking about Habib because I'm very excited for the Habib <laughs> versus Tony Ferguson that is in the works. Yeah. But hey, Hani, pleasure having you down. Pleasure guys, stay tuned for more on the here. halftime show. Thank Peace. you, brother.
This is the halftime show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! It sure is that kind of time and unfortunately we're already coming up to full time on the halftime show but before I do that guys I gotta give a special shout out to all of you who are tuned in on the Instagram live at omarduri.com or at Pulse95 as well we've got plenty of people listening in today and thank you this show would be nothing without you guys but a shout out goes to Ali Abdelhawa Tariq Murtaza Qasim uh, the other Tariq Fatoum Dania uh, Mr. Safe is in the building Maria Alduri is also in the building and Arij, who is a national team player for the UAE, who's facing um, Bahrain tonight, and they're enjoying it at the moment. So wish you all the best of luck, Arij, and the whole national team uh, for tonight. Inshallah, inshallah, you win and you do us proud. You always do us proud. So it's not going to be any different, regardless of the score. Just give you 100% and inshallah, everything will come good. On the other hand as well, we do have a competition coming up here, which I do want to mention. I've mentioned it already so far uh, this uh, the last week or so. It's called hashtag MySharjahFC and we are giving away uh, a Sharjah football club signed shirt by the champions of the Arabian Gulf League. And you can win that if you tell us why you deserve to win it. Tag us Pulse95 Radio and give us a reason why you deserve to win the, um, the top and we will give it to you at the end of the month. Very, very simple competition, but that's what we're like here. We like to give away stuff and that is something that we do from here on the Halftime Show to you guys. Now, there's a few questions coming in and I've had a few questions online as well. And one of the questions coming up was, um, who, in my opinion, uh, is the standout player for Chelsea? Now, that's a very, very good question. And that comes from Mo, um, who, who sent in that question just a few minutes ago, actually. And there are a few standout players, Mo. And I will tell you this. Now, obviously, Kante and Jorginho normally do get the headlines for one way or another. Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham and uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi are also stealing the shine. But there are a few kids that are coming through, and I think Frank Lampard deserves credit. But I actually think Jody Morris, the person who's linked the youth with uh, Frank Lampard, has to take a lot of credit for that. For a lot of people in the integration between the youngsters and the seniors. And for that, we have to, we have to acknowledge that in that sense. When Sari played Kante further up in the pitch, a lot of people criticized him, saying he's a ball winner. But there is something called trigger pressing. And trigger pressing in the game basically means that you can press the ball higher up on the field in order to win the ball back and distribute quicker to the attacking players. And I think when Sari did that, he was criticized quite heavily when normally you'd keep him in the Makaleli role, which is safe and pretty much shielding the back four. Now, that's something that I think Sari deserves a lot of credit who is actually coaching at Juventus now. So that's something I would say. Um, the other question I have from Sam is, uh, how are you keeping yourself busy uh, in the international break? Honestly, Sam, I've been here uh, working with Anna Schofield on Yellow Home. I've covered for the amazing, legendary Big Hass for the week, but he is back tomorrow, guys. So make sure you tune in tomorrow on Yellow Home 5 to 8, where you can actually catch the dynamic duo. I know we call Mikey and, and Aisha dynamic, but I also think, you know, Anna Schofield and Big Hass are champions as well. So those two are back on tomorrow 5 to 8. And guys, if you do miss our show, you can always catch us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just type in the halftime show 
uh, with Omar Duri. And you can catch everything on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud whenever you can. Because I know sometimes we get a lot of viewers from the UK, we get a lot of viewers from the US who tune in, and we are so grateful for that. But you can always catch us on those platforms in the time that's most convenient to you guys. And guess what? I mean, it is coming to that time of the day where it's full time on the halftime show and again guys we really appreciate it we've got a lot more coming up especially as we'll have a lot more scores results and headlines on saturday when we tune in three to four remember the time monday wednesdays and saturdays three to four here on pulse 95 i'm out it's the halftime show have an amazing day stay blessed salam This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.